When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. Betches Media presents... I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Better Stuff Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. As of yesterday and today, our listeners have a new SUP intro that is delightful. Did you hear it yet, Sammy? No, I have not heard it. Um, I have to listen to yesterday's episode. I've been um, I've been hard at work on the extra extra episode that is coming out Friday, binging seventeen about half hour YouTube fifteen to twenty minute YouTube videos from uh, Senator Sheldon Whitehouse's YouTube. Do you think anyone else has done that? I feel like you are going to be the primary text, but do you think everybody's seen all of them? I mean, they like they have a lot of views. Like Good some of him. them have like a hundred over a hundred thousand views. And like, what's what's beautiful about this? And I, I, whatever. I'll keep say this here. Um, this thing, this whole thing, probably costs like twenty taxpayer dollars, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it's just as mm-hmm. effective as Netflix. So I'm working on that episode and integrating my interview with him so cool. into it for release on Friday, which is going to be in the premium, the premium subscription for the morning announcements. If you're just tuning in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and you are constantly linking to that. We're constantly linking to that. I know it's like hard to remember to like, oh, I want to go sign up for that, but the links are everywhere. I'll also today, right after this, make a highlight so that. It's it's always there. Do you have a highlight for it? No, I could, to be honest, I could link more constantly. Like, I mean, I'm, it can feel I'm always spammy, like, do but I link you know, on I, yeah, I, I always know. feel like what is social media. I know, I know. You know, every 24 <laughs> hours is good because not everybody is always watching their stories. Sometimes the algorithm is different. It's good because some people are like, oh my God, how right. did I miss this? Like I promoted things times where it was like the fifth time people were like, wow, when did this come out? I had no idea. So it is worth, it is fine. Self-promotion is fine. Okay, we'll love do it. it. We'll do it. I'll take that as permission. So for our first topic, I want to talk about some of the um, renewed opposition to the student debt relief plan. Reading through this story, I just, can you imagine being this pressed about good things happening to other people? Like when you're, when you rush, what you rush to do is try to find a very clever way to deprive 40 million people of relief. Can you, could never be me. No, I genuinely can't relate to that. I I, I can't <laughs> relate to like filling your head. No, like I 
but, but here's the thing. I know people who can, and I like know how they justify it. And I don't know. I just can't really understand like putting your headspace there. Caitlin. Yeah. I, It's baffling to me. And I don't even have student loan debt because I stole my education like all reasonable people by (laughs) dropping out of college and just not paying my bills. Yes. That's (laughs) what That works. You can just do that. Perfect. I I basically, I went to class and then they were like, could you pay us? And I was like, no. And then I left. I can't. So that kind of solved (laughs) the whole problem. Iconic. Iconic. (laughs) I was about to say, the best part about it is that like can't take it, like you can't repossess it. There's no way mm-hmm. to take back the mm-hmm. knowledge. So I just went to class and I like learned things and they can't like, they can't like stop me. We're going to lobotomize you <laughs> to, to oh get God. the knowledge That's that you stole from us. Slash, yeah. like, early 20th century uh, <laughs> women's hysteria of, of you. <laughs> they owe, you owe them, Kaylin. You owe um, them. Yeah, well, as far as I'm as far as I'm aware, uh, Georgetown isn't hunting me down, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here with this. Excellent. But um, good, no, good. I mean, being that that kind of lucky person, um, and the small amount of federal student loan debt I had was forgiven through a your broke and tear like you you'll never learn anything again. A program, I guess. <laughs> um, sorry, you failed. Um, have they heard of books? <laughs> Probably. The there's something. There's something there that they were Master just like, class. "Oh, she's just so pathetic. We're just gonna, we're just gonna give her, <laughs> take her off the hook." Listen, make it rain. You know, I've. It's totally fair reason. But I mean, like, who is out here? Who wants to like stymie people's future? Like, that's the thing that's really getting me. Like, this is actually probably. Not only, first of all, are we the richest country in human history? I, I feel like I need to say this every time we we say we can't afford things because we, of course we can afford things. We, are, we, we can afford anything we want. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, this is probably going to be a net benefit for the economy. I mean, think about how much economic activity has not been happening because people have been paying off debts, federal student loan debt, instead of like, I don't know, starting a new business or investing in themselves or buying that cute shirt you definitely want to get. Like, these are all pieces of economic activity that are actually better than just paying off debt that shouldn't have been put on us anyway and yet this person they want to harm like they want the, these they don't love the economy that's what that's the line we should really go with they hate they hate prosperity one thing that has always confused me is like okay i get if you don't believe that a rising tide lifts all boats like you just want your boat to be the highest and like fuck all the rest of the water level despite how physics doesn't work that way. Physics wise. Um, it's, I get that. Like I get that that is like a mindset people have, but in terms of the education, like the economy and the, uh, pro like the, the companies that people own and operate human capital is a real thing. Like that was the whole, that turned out to sort of be like, that that was the whole marketing of why people should go into debt because you are making yourself smarter. And on the whole, when the citizenry is better educated, we will be more competitive in the global market, which I thought that was like number one. But I don't know. Then I see that, you know, there's just such a focus on exploitation and then that sort of necessitates like an underclass. Um, 
so I guess it's like, if you depends how you are sort of looking at the econ, how you want the economy to be structured. Do you want there to be like lots of healthy businesses that employ people at, you know, livable levels, or do you want like your business to mm-hmm. be just so, so successful and like everyone else can fuck off? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's probably why it's a conservative group that is suing the Biden administration over its student debt relief. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. Whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of the things I like to buy on Etsy have little dachshunds on them or are four dachshunds. Dottie's got a whole litany of new sweaters and harnesses and all kinds of fun stuff that we get lots of compliments on when we're out on walks. A gifting moment is always just around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. And so anyone who sues for like anything, I think, has to prove that something hurts them. And it's hard to do with this policy because by giving up, the Biden administration is giving up the right to be paid back. So the government is really only hurting itself. Taxpayers, you could theoretically say, well, we're the taxpayers and they should be using, like, if they should take that, they should be expecting that money back because this is my money that has to, you know, fill in the gaps. But taxpayers just don't have standing to sue the federal government on spending-related matters. So talk of these lawsuits have increased since the nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office said the plan would ultimately cost $400 billion. But again, you know, cost seems like a strange framing because it's just the government saying, like, like we've been operating without this money. Yes, I believe certain things um, have been planned, assuming we will get it back. But but still, canceling the debt will canceling the debt will cost revenue and add to the deficit over time, much like lots of important spending. The White House has said about the CBO estimate, you're being dramatic. It's not going to cost that much. We're going to pay for it over such a long time anyway. But all this to say, like nobody's saying this is not an insignificant fiscal move that Biden made. We have been talking for two years about some of the promises that could not be delivered economically because of the stalemates. And we have been saying this is a pretty sweeping option that's been available to him that could make a huge impact. Cost-wise, it's about the same size if you take this $400 billion number as the uh, checks the government wrote to for $1,400 to send out. But again, as a reminder of how this policy will benefit people, all of the things we said, it can more than 40 million people can potentially have more wiggle room to start their businesses, to buy homes, to enter the middle class that the that you know this Pacific legal foundation wants to gatekeep. Also, that $400 billion <laughs> is over 10 years. That's, exactly. Oh my God. Like you guys, like this is like such a small amount. Of, it's it's very weird to me that we keep talking about how like CEOs need to be paid more money because they need to be incentivized. Uh-huh. But somehow bizarrely, like the, you <laughs> spend money to make money doesn't work for like regular people. Like, oh no, you'll just, you just make them lazy. Uh-huh. I, I completely agree with you. Like, I know you're saying it's like not an insignificant amount of money, but it's like. 
it's not like that yeah, much. Yeah. Like it just in the in the, the thinking about the other figures that get thrown about and what they get thrown it's not about unprecedented. for. It's not. It's like not that much. And to your point, it's over several years. And to your point, it's also something that will end up being an economic stimulus. Like who is going to buy all these boomers houses if they can't afford to buy homes? Like the, it's just at one point, like there's going to be a huge surplus of housing on the market that no one can buy because boom at the prices that boomers want. Cause Millennials can't buy them, but and I think that things like this make a huge difference in getting a whole, a setting up a whole generation to like somewhat start to accumulate some level of. No, I hardly, barely call it wealth. Like you know, survivability. But feel different in the life that you can have and the opportunities that you can pursue to build more left when you wealth when you even do have that little bit when you're not like facing down you know tens of thousands of dollars of debt is is huge. Totally. The Pell Grant money, which is the, the Pell Grant forgiveness, is even better. It helps particularly people from underprivileged groups, often people who don't have the, the structural or intergenerational wealth to ask parents for money, to fill in the gaps of like, you know, if they're paying down debt, they're not spending money on basic needs. And like money is fungible. Like once you no longer have to pay off some other things you can actually invest in yourself. You can actually start developing important, like important economic basis for, for things. I just think it's just kind of, and again, every time, every time someone says we can't afford something, you guys like statistically, this is like maybe what, like 2% of the Pentagon budget over 10 years. Like what the, like you guys, we, we spend like literally trillions of dollars on war all the time. You're telling me we can't spend a fraction of that to like make sure people are educated without li- like literally mortgaging their feet. Fi- it's a mortgage. It's literally a mortgage on your feet. Fi- like when we say mortgage the future, that's li- we're literally mortgaging future. It's just insane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's an emergency. <laughs> the Pentagon literally spends on like shit that just sits there mm-hmm. so they can like own it. Right. It so, sits in the stockpile and then it expires. But also that's to say nothing of the money that is always left on the table. There is still a fucking carried interest loophole. Like the amount of tax revenue that is still being left on the table that would not like this impacts people so in, so significantly in the way we've all just detailed. Whereas having having billionaires pay a bit more would impact them not at all. And not impact their businesses as much as they try to claim. The scarcity mindset around it is fake, and it's just designed to make you think that people are taking something from you, which is not happening here. But a little bit more background on this lawsuit. Like I said, it's called the Pacific Legal Foundation. It's a conservative public interest law firm in California. They sound fun. They recruited a man who works for them named Frank Garrison and filed a suit on his behalf. So this guy claims to live in Indiana, which taxes debts that have been forgiven, except if that debt is forgiven through the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. So this guy, Frank, says that most of his debt was going to be forgived forgiven through that way. But the debt forgiven by Biden will be taxed, which this guy says will cost him $1,000 over time. And the suit also just claims more broadly that Biden lacks the executive authority to create the forgiveness policy. A couple of things. This is not going to work for a number of reasons. It's a very weak case. It sure looks like Frank lives in D.C., which doesn't tax this type of relief. You know, like he works for this think tank. They're trying to make it seem like he lives in Indiana. He really might not. Also, no one's forcing him to do this. This is 
kind of more or less opt-in. There may be some gray area because some people will have their debt automatically uh, forgiven. But I don't think the Biden administration is trying to like manipulate people into paying extra, you know, state taxes. One article I read said this is really just for these think tanks to sort of like signal to their and Republicans to signal to wealthy donors that like we're doing something about this. And it's just so what's so rich to me is that maybe I would understand if like somebody who is so devoted to paid leave or something was like, why are we doing this when we can do that? Or like, again, scarcity mindset around it. But it's not like this is the party that has all these great ideas for other spending programs. What do they want to do with the money? Continue to hoard it? I know they're deficit hawks. Oh God, the deficit. Yeah. They do want to continue to hoard it. And And get taxed to the rich. That's what they want to save up for. Yeah. It's just so weird because, you know, increased economic activity closes the, the deficit gap, like the fastest. Like if you want to make up the deficit, the easiest way to do it. I mean, the, the federal government is not like no matter what they say, it is not like your regular uh, budget. It's not like our regular budgets. We could not increase the amount of money we take in at any given moment. Don't I wish? Wow, that would make my life so much easier. Subscribe to my Patreon. No, <laughs> but um, <laughs> the truth is, is that you, they can increase the amount of income at any yep. moment. So they could just they could just pass new taxes, or again, if there's increased economic activity, the increased economic activity will bring more money into the federal government because again. That's good. Like that's that's a positive thing. I, I again, there's literally no way that this policy is going to be a net negative. The greatest multiplier, by the way, that our federal dollars have. So that means the most that we get back from a dollar spent is SNAP. That means that wow. feeding people, okay, giving people money to eat food is actually the highest multiplier. Why? Because it goes immediately back into the economy. It is a hundred percent spent and it creates economic activity, which then brings tax revenue back to the government. It is just never bad policy to give people money for things that they need. It just never, it just, it's that money's going to get spent immediately. You know, who doesn't yeah. spend money? Rich people, mm-hmm. rich people never spend money. They don't need to because they're rich. So right. Like, like really if you need food, you? you're buying food. It's like very simple. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you want a house, you need somewhere to live. You need the house. You don't need the second house, though. Obviously, a second house would mm-hmm. be great. Mm-hmm. You know, no one wants, doesn't want a second house. But I would prefer everyone have a first house. So it's. I mean, here's here's really the thing. This is partially the result of like decades of propaganda around trickle down economics and mm-hmm. the idea that conservatives are the more fiscally responsive party, responsible party. When that is simply not true. In every Democratic administration, they have created a surplus and Democrats have created a deficit, sorry, and Republicans have then created a deficit. That is the facts of the past 50 years of administrations in the economy. And honestly, like part of that is the result of propaganda. And who has the money to pay for the propaganda? The businesses. And who has the money to fund these lawsuits from like, this Pacific Legal Foundation mm-hmm. is like a really old libertarian foundation that has been doing lawsuits like this forever. Like their whole thing is is trying to step in on behalf of corporate interests because corporate interests are never going to be like, you know what? That's OK. We have enough money now. Right. We're good. 
Again, this case might fall through, but they're not going to uh, give up on this. They will continue to pursue this and try to stop people from getting relief for their insane, sinister reasons. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. Sometimes what starts as a bad hair day quickly turns into a bad everything else day. I'd never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to custom hair and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair and skin, yes, but beyond that too. Since I started using pros, I've noticed consistently healthy hair. Even with all I put it through with the heat tools and the hairsprays to get this pompadour sky high, it smells great, it looks fancy on the shelf, and I like that it has my name right on it. This formula is made for V. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. And Pros isn't just better for you. It's better for the planet. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription at pros.com slash feverdream. So get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash feverdream. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash feverdream. Another story to lift our spirits. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton fled his home on Monday to avoid being served a subpoena. Sammy, you really went into this story on this morning's episode of Morning Announcements because it is it is an important it is an important story. It is it is it is an important story to be familiar with in our history, the history of September 2022. <laughs> Here's the thing: it like weirdly is an important story, totally be- because it's very dramatic. Which I I went into it because really the details are are the important part. Like it's exactly. it's quite salient when you tell it as a story, but it. And do you, do you want to tell it as a story, sure, I or should I say story. why it's important? Yeah, okay. Well, so you the tell background, the story. background, and you're right. Like the process server, um, I think Ernesto Herrera, he tells it, and just beautiful. Like what a way with words, excellent prose, really, really amazing storyteller. Like this could be a, if this was a TikTok story time, it would go, it would get 10 million. This views. is like pass it down in an oral tradition. Absolutely. This story. So a process server said in a sworn affidavit that he went to Ken Paxton's house to serve him. Um, these documents related to a case where abortion funds are trying to are suing him because they say they're limiting their ability to operate and to help people access abortions out of state. So Ken Paxton, the attorney general of Texas's wife, reportedly opened the door, according to Herrera. She's also a state senator. And I guess she was like, oh, he's on the phone. He's busy. He can't come. And the process server said he saw him, though. And then eventually they see like a lot of activity in the background. They say they say they see Ken Paxton run from the garage into a getaway car driven by his wife, Angela Paxton. The server left the documents on the ground at the house. Paxton is insisting that the process server, that Herrera like charged at him and he said that the process server, this is crazy, is lucky the situation did not escalate further or necessitate force, explicitly noting that many Texans have guns for protection. Like, this is this guy's job is to give him the documents. Ugh, what color did I miss, Sammy? Okay, here's 
here's why it's so dangerous is that this had this this contains like so many different elements. First of all, Ken Pax what he's being Ken Paxton is the attorney general of Cal of uh, Texas, not California, thank God. Um he is the most important, you know, lawyer in Texas. He's being served a subpoena in a case that has to do with um cuz he wants to prevent women in Texas from traveling to get an abortion. He wants to prevent uh, reproductive groups from helping them. Okay. So like, that's the, that's what this is all for. Like that's one, that's one important part Two, He's the lawyer for, he's supposed to be like one of the top law, the most important lawyer in the state. And the man flees from the standard process, literally process, do process of the legal system, that's like just so fucked up. Like he's supposed to be, you want to talk about law and order. This is the epitome of that. Okay. Then he like, the way he sort of manipulates the story, the way it happened is that like what this guy Ernesto Herrera did was just sort of very much the normal course of his job. And you, he says that under sworn testimony, but Ken Paxton's fucking tweeting like about how he, how, how Herrera was loitering and for an hour around his house and he wants to protect his family. And this is obviously a dog whistle where he's trying to make it seem like this is like someone intruding on his house and he's just trying to like escape and protect his family. So I don't know. I think here I, I find that there were like three really interesting, just, it says a lot about a lot of shit. And it, it and the visual of like the attorney general running to a car to escape getting yeah. handed a folder is just like it's very effective. The childishness of yeah. it also is like is like a cherry on top. If you want to do a lot of character development in a single scenario, it's a great one. It really accomplished a lot. What was your reaction to this, Caitlin? It's worth remembering that he's also under indictment on federal oh, corruption charges. <laughs> Number four. Oh my god! I totally. I mean, right. He's, Sammy, he, forget like, an indictment. The level of corruption here is so deep, and it, it's kind of like it's kind of like wild to like watch a the chief law enforcement officer of Texas basically argue that he should exist outside of law, and that in fact. Having him submit to legal processes that he himself is supposed to oversee is is basically tantamount to some sort of persecution. It's like, sir, this is how your office actually literally operates. Like, it li- literally, you serve people. It's just like, like the crate. Like, <laughs> that's why process servers are who they are. They like come up and make sure that the papers get to you, so that way you can't argue that you didn't see them. That's right. literally the whole point of a subpoena. And like the top lawyer in Texas should be the one being like, how dare you threaten somebody, an important part person in the legal system. It's just so gross. It's so gross. And very, very important to note, Ken Paxton, you you guys, if you live in Texas, you can fire him in like six weeks. He has an incredible opponent, Rochelle Garza, who is a badass, does not back down from anything. She sued the Trump administration on behalf of a detained teenager. She has like a five month old, but it's just like, fuck it. I got to run because of this clown. She's amazing. So like Texas, you have such an opportunity to like, you can get, you can flip your governor's seat and you can get Rochelle Garza in there. You don't need this man. 
And she's also not under indictment on corruption. <laughs> like, there's just so many ways you could just. <laughs> Thank you for that point. We're making videos comparing like, all these people. Criminal. I need to point that out. He's not only under indictment. He's also being investigated. Be- there's a whistleblower who like claims that he abused his office. Right. And he's being investigated separately for that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the other thing, just to paint a picture of the subpoena scene, he he never actually accepted it. No. He, the, the server, uh, Herrera just left it like on the ground. And then instead of taking it, Paxton actually went straight to court and tried to fight it mm-hmm. to get it to like, well, not I think have he did. I think he won, right? The judge said he doesn't he have to come. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. But by then the story had been out. So it's like, this is even better than right. But just the like, subpoena just in some do ways. that then bro. Like, Bizarre, bizarre, bizarre behavior, problematic behavior. Just kick him out of office and we never have to think about him again. Yeah. Kick him out, but also remember, like, it is actually his job. It's insane that citizens had to subpoena their elected official to actually testify about the laws that he is insisting he wants to enforce and the way he wants to penalize regular people. He doesn't, again, this is about impunity and the sense that he doesn't have to obey laws the way the rest of us do. He's allowed to enforce laws against people seeking abortions outside of the state. So he's not even talking about Texas itself. He's literally trying to penalize people for leaving Texas. Mm-hmm. A thing he should not be able to do, and yet he doesn't want to answer any questions about it. He says, I do not answer to you, and that is literally wrong. Like, it's literally wrong. So Texans, make him answer to you. Yeah, and just just to close this out, fuck you, Angela. Fuck you, Angela. <laughs> She's a state senator, by Gender the way. Gender traitor. There is, so much, there is so much in this one little sprint between Ken Paxton's garage and the car. Just. <laughs> Never has there ever been more uh, not, to dissect. Not, not has a sprint gotten this much attention since Josh Hawley running from insurrections, which, wow, amazing, amazing accidental segue, Amanda. We all dread the what should we have for dinner question. I mean, I know I do. I love a home-cooked meal, but I don't always have the time, energy, or groceries to make it happen. Being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep and cook times is what drew me to Home Chef over the other guys. Home Chef's meals are effortless, so I can spend less time trying to be Top Chef and more time watching it. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you never have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and a of course, free shipping on your first box. Just go to homechef.com slash fever dream. That's homechef.com slash fever dream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard that right. Homechef.com slash fever dream must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. 
By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. There's a lot of good TV out there right now. Don't you think? I find there's a lot of good TV out there right now. But unfortunately, the resumption of the House's January 6th committee hearings will have to wait. The first hearing in two months was postponed because of Hurricane Ian. Or was it? There is some other, is there speculation that there are other reasons why this was called, this was postponed rather? I think there's speculation. I'm speculating. What are you speculating? Um, I just heard, you know, it's like, you know, it's like when someone makes too many excuses that it just starts to be like, okay, like. There's right. When somebody's whatever. just like, oh, I'm not feeling it. I need yeah. a personal name. When somebody's like, my aunt's godson fell off her bike and yeah. And also I'm sick. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, I, okay. So Stephanie Murphy's district really yes. is in the hurricane path. So like, yeah, sure. I believe it. So it's maybe that maybe they want like to make sure attention's on this could be one factor. I think another factor is that, um, they, I don't think their presentation is done. Yeah. Is, uh, and possibly because they have more evidence. I heard that yeah. as sort of like a second excuse. But what I think the actual reason is, is this Denver Riggleman book. I think they're reading it and they're figuring out like, okay, we have to re- now readjust based on like- And who is he? He is a staffer that worked for them? So he, he used to be a congressperson. He was a, oh. he is a Republican, you know, was a Republican, but- he is a data scientist. Okay. So he he's out of office now, but he works for the committee as a staffer leading a data team. And what he was doing on the committee was analyzing the text messages that were sent between like all the different parties, like literally. And that was basically what he emphasized from the beginning is like need to get text messages immediately. And so his book, which was not authorized by the committee, is basic. It's called The Breach appropriately, um, not to be confused with the movie, hopefully about, um, that's about like the Russian spy. Anyway, um, it's a good one. Or maybe that was just called breach. Anyway. So he basically lays out and he went on 60 minutes the other night where he talks about how like you can see the, uh, connections for the whole January 6th camp, you know, coup based on the text messages that were going between phones. And he essentially said that Mark Meadows is really like the central figure in all of this. Um, he also said that there was a call placed from the White House switchboard to an actual insurrectionist. And he, so um, he has a lot in this book apparently. And I just, my feeling is that like they need, they want to get a handle on that. And then that may even shape their, that might shape their presentation. Maybe that's shaping other information they're getting. So that's my, uh, Mark Meadows also no showed something yesterday. He no showed his subpoena. He no showed his subpoena in Georgia in Fonnie Willis's investigation into the election interference there. But like all this is the same shit. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah. My theory is that uh, they're still trying to figure out whether or not they're going to do one 
more hearing or whether they're going to set up a series again. Mm-hmm. I think that the amount of information that's still outstanding and the amount of questions that they brought up in June, um, I simply cannot be met in, in a single hearing. Like, and the other thing is, is like by delaying it, this is going to straight up be an October situation Mm-hmm. That is going to have serious repercussions on the election, possibly, as we go into the midterms. I think that, frankly, it should. And I'm very, de- like, I'm a little bit sad that the DOJ is like, we're not going to pursue the fact that nuclear secrets were stolen by yeah. the former president um, they before they the election. That? Like, we're not going to, oh, we're not going to pursue charges. Like, we're not going to, we're not going to go hard on this case before midterms we're going to wait until after the election and it's like don't do that number one you have no idea if the republicans are going to win and then be completely insane in the house by starting up fifty thousand investigations as to whether or not you know uh mayor garland ate a ham sandwich or it was a pastrami sandwich um and why are these lies coming out of the doj like uh, i don't know man it, you're bizarrely focused on very unimportant things um and you know they they're gonna get weird they're gonna find anything they can any discrepancy they can to snag these investigations that's number one but number two i'm excited for for them to pursue the january 6th committee the line of this because i really think it's not getting enough attention like there's a whole coup and i still can't stop thinking about how this coup is like a really big coup and the sirens outside are upset with me too I mean, you've been we've been saying this and you've been saying this, but I do wonder um, if you think the DOJ investigation has any impact on the January 6th committee's like relevance, their impact. I mean, not not relevance. It's very relevant to us in the country. Um, but as we said, when this happened, like we were all expecting charges to drop related to um, the insurrection. But then now the focus has been on these Mar-a-Lago documents. So do you think that has kind of like obscured the work or taken away from it? Or are they kind of a are they mutually beneficial? I think it's mutually beneficial. I think one of the most important things that has to be done that's not being done, um, and I'm sad because Liz Cheney has the dark arts to make this happen, but like this is all one huge story, which is the former president is a criminal. He's a criminal. It's just that's just the fundamental line. Many times he over. commits many crimes, and every single one of these crimes is a crime against the country, not merely a crime that happened because you know just circumstance or he wants an advantage or something like that. He committed a crime against the country by trying to murder and murder Congress people and his own vice president in order to install himself as a dictator because that is exactly what would have happened if they had gotten Mike Pence. The the thing is that people just aren't following through to the full conclusion, which is if he had gotten his way and he had walked up with the mob into Congress, do you think, really seriously think, first of all, there would have been no shots fired. There wouldn't have been because there would have been the, the Secret Service and the president sitting ahead of a angry mob. So they would have had a massive advantage Number two, what do you think the outcome is going to be once he overturns an election? Oh, he's going to let another election happen in 2024? He's going to be real fair? It's going to be totally legit? (laughs) You guys, this was never going to, like, he wanted to install himself as permanent dictator of the United States. And, like, the fact that that hasn't come up is just, like, to me, this is wild idea. Like, he commits crimes, and the idea that he can steal 
important safety documents. Like these are, I'm not a national security fan at all. You know me, I'm not going to be defending the imperial interests of the United <laughs> States. But nuclear weapons exist and we can't stop, we can't pretend that they don't. Nuclear secrets are really important to keep, you guys. It's not even a question. So the fact that he stole that, like he just thinks that he's a king. He thinks that he's got a chance to rule over all of us. And I just don't believe in that. And we need to like put that narrative together. Dot, dot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Here, here. Love that. On that note, we will look forward to, I hopefully the January 6th committee, they, uh, they drop this one. They're teasing it like, like a song on TikTok. Like that, you know how that Sam Smith song, like he kept pushing back the release and then I'll actually, everybody was very disappointed. So hopefully, hopefully Liz Cheney has learned a little something from Sam Smith. That is our show. Please remember to rate and review. If you love the show, if you don't love the show, if you hate it, don't, don't review don't review. You can keep that to yourself. You can tell people audibly, but don't leave us a bad review. That hurts us. But what helps us is good reviews, is five-star reviews. It lets people know that we're a good show and it literally helps people find us. Otherwise, they can't find us. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Sammy Sage. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Podcast. Bye. The Betches Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sasmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sasmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.